over our leader. So we just, we thank you, God, for Gordy. We're just so ever grateful every day as you've put this shepherd in our midst to lead us, to guide us, to fall in front of us, to get back up and to encourage us. And we just thank you so much for your word as it shines through him and it speaks to our heart. Thank you, God, for your presence. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Good stuff. Well, good morning again. Uh, We are going to um, try to seamlessly integrate uh, a a, a teaching time with a brief congregational meeting. And uh, if you're you're just visiting, you're more than welcome to to continue on with us. We're going to try to contain all this in the same time frame that we normally have as a church. And... uh, uh, and then you're all welcome to stay for lunch. We're going to have lunch downstairs. And uh, our welcome to the vineyard crew. We'll just go back to our house afterwards uh, just to finish off for another hour and a half. We've been, um, oh, I guess I need my remote. Here we go. Yeah. We've been going through a series called The Art of Neighboring based on a book by Jay Pathak and a, a, a colleague of his from the city of Denver. And uh, just a quick review, if you're just joining us, this is our, our third week. But it, uh, the story all starts, it's a, it's a new movement, uh, an old movement, a uh, new movement, old command, new command, love your neighbor, right? But uh, it all started in the city of Denver when uh, the, a group of uh, pastors got together, about 20 or 30 of them, and they talked about how they could worked together to bless their city. And they invited the, the mayor to come and uh, address them. And he, he listed off the, the normal list of social problems that you get in a big city and uh, then said that the, the main way that they had determined that social problems can be addressed in a city was by just learning how to be good neighbors. In a, in a city. And of course, after the mayor left, these guys, these pastors were quite embarrassed and looked at each other rather sheepishly and said, we've just had our mayor come and tell us that we need to tell our people to do what Jesus commanded them to do, which was to love your neighbor. And uh, we, we started the series with this question, what if when Jesus said, love your neighbor, he meant your actual neighbor, not your metaphorical neighbor, not just somebody out there, but your real neighbor? And we argued for the fact that God has placed each of us where we are, where we live, for a reason. There is, there is a, a verse in Acts 17 that talks about um, how that God has set the times and the places and the parameters for are living. And then they had the city manager come in and she talked, she was really promoting block parties in the city because they found that block parties are a tremendous tool, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. They're a tremendous tool for this whole idea of neighboring and developing relationships with neighbors. And she commented to these pastors that there was no noticeable difference between how Christians neighbor and how non Christians neighbor. And, of course, it was a real indictment, wasn't it? Uh, and we've, we've been looking over the last couple of weeks why that is. Why is it that Christians are no better neighbors than anybody else in the city? And we talked about some of the factors. We talked about the fear factor, 
Wade and Joanna talked last week about the time factor. We're all so frickin' busy. Uh, we're, and we're sucked out of our neighborhoods. As I was in Calgary, I told this story a couple weeks ago, how that uh, I went back to where our daughter is now living in Crowchild Ranch in Calgary, where she came into the world, and my kids spent the first their preschool years in this neighborhood, and at Christmas time, I learned more about my neighborhood in those two weeks than I had learned in 10 years of living in that neighborhood. And it made me so angry because I was always, I had my commuter route. I'd get in my car, hop on the expressway, go to the church and serve God, loving my metaphorical neighbors. Well, my own Real neighborhood I hardly knew anything about. And during these few weeks, I learned so much about that neighborhood. Just walking around, connecting. My daughter had kids coming in and out of their home. And so it's, it's the gift of presence. And we all have challenges. I know that. Some of us are students. And we're, we, you know, we've got academic deadlines. And some of us are, are just living in a temporary place. Or we just moved in. Or we're just moving out. And you know, it's, it's the transience of our time. There's challenges. But can we hear the challenge of the Holy Spirit? That there's nothing that takes the place of presence. It's the new apologetic. It's not arguing people into the kingdom. But it's living the life. It's experiencing life as Kathleen and I have with Sue. And walking together and encountering Jesus. So um, that's our challenge. It's not easy. We set before us all a goal. The vision is that we... We move from being strangers in our neighborhood to becoming acquaintances. And we gave you the, uh, this kind of sequence to building a relationship. And the acquaintance part is, is easier, isn't it? Because we talked about the block map assignment. Just getting to know someone's name. It's hard to love someone if you don't know their name. It's just easier, right? Uh, Catherine and I were walking down the street the other day, and uh, I told you about a couple weeks ago how I cheated on my block assignment, and I heard the guy's wife call the guy's name, so I wrote it down, right? So Kathleen, I told Kathleen, by the way, she's filled our block map up. She's, she's going crazy. I mean, it's amazing. I'll show you in a minute kind of what, what she's done, but um, we, we were, and this guy, he's kind of a, one of these Eastern European kind of cool dudes. He likes to smoke Puff, you know, go for a slow walk through the neighborhood, you know. And, and, and we say hi, but he's, he's kind of reserved. But we're walking down the street, and we passed him going for one of his puffs. And Kathleen said, hi, Stefan. Well, the, the change on his face was unbelievable. He just straightened right up. His countenance changed, and he smiled warmly, and he said, Hello. I mean, I've said hi to him before. It's kind of like, hi, you know. But just saying his name was so powerful. So it's a good, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all, but it's a good start. So work on that. It gives you something tangible for those of you that need tangible goals in your life. That's why I go shopping once a week. I need at least one tangible goal in my life. Right, Sue? <laughs> All right. All right. So that to, how do you move from the acquaintance to the relationship? Well, we're going to talk today about the block party assignment. But before we get there, this is our block map that we talked about. And, and we talked about how that this particular um, 
here represents your house or apartment or whatever it is you live in, or flat, or suite, or maybe it's your room <laughs> for some of you, right? Um, and this is, represents your neighbor on your right and on your left, your neighbor across the street or behind, or if you're in a front-back duplex like we are, the neighbors at our front. And just, uh, we ask that you all just filled in, um, fill in the name. And we, we had the assignment of shame, didn't we? couple of weeks ago where we, we asked you all to, to fill that in, right? And uh, by the way, just so you don't feel bad, they found that uh, something like 3% of Christians who were asked to do this could fill in the names of their neighbors. So it's, <laughs> if, it, if it's, it's low, don't worry, you're in good company, all right? Sad but true. Then fill out some information about them. What do you know about them that you wouldn't know just by saying hi to them? You'd have to talk. You'd have to exchange information. And then finally, uh, more in-depth stuff. What are their hopes, their dreams, their, their sorrows, their joys, um, their spiritual journey, etc. I have, I have a relationship with one of our neighbors where I have actually all three of these. And it's these people right next to us. And now there's some advantages we've had because we, we are in a front-back duplex. And when you share a front-back duplex... You actually have common property even though you have your own unit. But it really gives opportunity for exchange, for shared... Like, for example, they know my security code in my house and I give them my key when I go away on a trip. I feed their cats much and I have a very good relationship with her. We're good friends. We're buds. Yeah. And um, we, we, uh, we borrow each other's tools. They borrow my lawnmower. Um... We share the composts. We've had each other for meals. Over for meals. <laughs> Good friends here. Um, we've um, uh, had each other over for a glass of wine. Uh, we've hung out. Uh, so, so that's been a, a wonderful... I know the names of all their kids. In fact, I know the names of their extended family. I know that their little girl this weekend is a flower girl at her auntie's wedding in Seattle. So that's, that's rich. I know that uh, the, 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 the wife um, uh, has read, read Narnia growing up, and so we've had common conversation about C.S. Lewis. Um, uh, there's another neighbor that I know I'm at one and two um, in that, but most are our name, and, and actually up until Kathleen went on a rampage, most I didn't even know their name, to be honest. Thank you for Kathleen's rampage. Huh? There's more block maps there, those things. We have those available. Those can go in your fridge. Hide them when your neighbors come over for dinner. Just kidding. Um, so, um, moving from, relation, from acquaintance to relationship is harder. Uh, acquaintance is easy. You say hi. You uh, ask someone their name. You write it on your block map. But moving into relationship, it's, it's an art and not a science. I like that art of neighboring, by the way. Because it is an art. It's, it's, it's intuitive. It requires uh, a bit of a dance. It's like, um, you know, uh, Kathleen and I went to these ballroom dancing lessons a few years ago. Our marriage survived it. And... Uh, 
Um, I liked it because there's, it's kind of like jazz music, where you have these kind of general parameters, but then you have to be intuitive and creative and, you know, make your move <laughs> or respond, right? Um, it's okay, Dean and Rose, you'll survive it, I tell you. Um, so, how do you develop relationships? Well, it is an art, not a science, and it's like your relationship with God. How do you develop a relationship with God? Well, there's no rules, there's no kind of principles, there's general parameters. All you can do on your part is create space, provide an environment for it to happen. And depending on the response of the other person and your own response, the relationship may or may not happen. But, but we can be proactive in providing um, the, uh, the, 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 the context for it, the environment for relationship to occur. So, for example, I, when I spend time with God in the Word, in prayer, it's not a guarantee. The Pharisees were really good in the Bible. They had the Bible down as they nailed him to the cross, Right? So it's not a guarantee. There's more to just reading your Bible. But when you take time in the Bible and you're prayerful and humble about it in your approach to it, the chances are you're going to connect with God, dry periods notwithstanding. As you come together with the community, as you, as you spend time in prayer, as you create space, an environment for a relationship with God develops. And it's the same with your neighbors. There's proactive things that you and I can do that up our chances of developing relationship. So the first thing is you give what you have. Remember the story of the boy and the loaves and the fishes. There was an overwhelming need. As you and I are confronted with our time limitations, our financial limitations, the needs in our neighborhood. I mean, uh, I don't know if you heard this story the other day of a woman that was shot by the police uh, as she brandished a, white, uh, a knife on Lakewood. That was just around the corner from our house. Um, uh, last year, another young woman committed suicide, mental illness, on our block. The needs in our neighborhood are unbelievable and overwhelming. And none of us has the resources to address them. But you give what you have. A smile, a hello, five minutes to stop and just be present. Lending your lawnmower. You give what you have. And recognize that the gifts that you have, maybe you like sports. I love basketball. And I realize that there's this yearning in me to just play pickup. Just right, I mean, Templeton School's right around the corner. And uh, when I, some of you have children. Children are an amazing way to connect, just at playgrounds or in, in, in your neighborhood and around the park. And when, when we had our kids uh, at home, we had lots of neighbor kids running in and out of our house. It's a wonderful way to get to know families. Uh, shared activities. Um, it, I, I mentioned sports. I, uh, Wade and Joe mentioned, um, you know, maybe instead of just watching the hockey game, you, you invite a bunch of people over to watch it. You know, Canucks are going to, of course, go a long way, so we have lots of opportunities coming up. Huh? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Right. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Um, so, or, or movies. Maybe you like watching movies, you know. Uh, maybe you like cooking or baking. There's different, different ways that you can 
share. And the focal point today was throw a party. Parties create spaces. Did you notice how much Jesus spent time at, at parties? Parties create spaces for relationships to form. Some of you guys are great party animals. I mean, when Dawson and Leona were here, they were amazing. They'd invite the whole city to their little house. And, and the, the Pontaltis, uh, great. I love Pontaltis parties because they'd invite their neighborhood. And it was kind of like a Matthew party. You know what a Matthew party is? Matthew party, well, it's described here in our text. Uh, let, me, let me just read this with you. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, or Matthew as we know him more commonly, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Riffraff. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. A Matthew party, I think the term was originally coined by Bill Hybels. A Matthew party is where you have a brand new baby Christian who's got all of these friends who don't know Jesus. And he, has a, he or she has a party, invites them all, and then he, then he or she will invite one of their, some, of their new, some of their Christian friends. And the hopes are that they kind of rub up together. And Bill Hybel says what happens is they often huddle on different sides of the room, right? <laughs> you guys don't do that. Nah, nah, I haven't seen you do that. But I've been in places where that happens. It's really annoying. And, um, and so Jesus loved parties. And it says why he loved parties. Because of the possibility of relationship. Because of the possibility of connecting. Because of the heart of God for lost things. Um, the, the other day, um, uh, Sue and Jen had been up uh, skiing on Grouse Mountain. And uh, it was the end of the day, and I got an emergency call from Sue. And she said, Gordy, I've lost my wallet. I've lost my wallet. What do I do? So these words came out of my mouth that I wanted to grab and put back in my mouth. I said, we're going to find it. And she'd been on a bus, and when she got off the bus and got on the sea bus, her wallet was gone. Hundreds of dollars in it, right? And important ID for, oh, just unbelievable. Yeah. So as soon as Sue got off the phone, I, I called... Uh, transit, and they started giving me the, I, first of all, I got all kinds of automated messages, blah, 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 transfer to this person, transfer to that, then I got the blah, 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 that it's going to take a number of days to process, and it'll be submitted into lost and found, and, you know, so, so I was just getting ready to kind of resign myself to that, and all of a sudden, the lady on the phone said, wait a minute, and she's at a, some central dispatch somewhere, and she said, uh, something came on this computer screen, and she said, is her name Unsu Zhu? I said, that's her! <laughs> and they said, we just, somebody just turned in her wallet, 
Long story short, within five minutes, they arranged a pickup where we could jump in the car, go and meet somebody at Fibs Exchange, one of the transit operators, and we got the wallet back. Now, at the same time, you see this? This was sitting up in the wilderness of the North Shore Lynn Headwaters for a week, last week. And Sue, I said, you know, you get new Christians to pray for you, right? She was praying because the Lord found her watch. She wanted her homestay dad to get his or wallet. She wanted her homestay dad to get his watch back, right? So she's praying and everything. Did you find it? No. Oh, you know, like that. So I had tried everything. I had phoned everywhere. I'd gone back. We re-walked the trails where, I, where I'd gone. And I was on my day off last Monday having my little read-up in the Lynn, Lynn area. And all of a sudden the Lord said, just go back to the Headwaters area. I felt the Lord just say that. I just felt impressed. You know, just one of those little inklings. And so I went back and I saw this guy in one of these orange city workers coveralls, you know, you know walking around, looked like Bigfoot. And uh, uh, I said... Do you guys have a lost and found anywhere in this area? And he said, come with me. And he takes me into this trailer. And, I, and he, he said, describe your watch. I'm doing the best. I, I was embarrassed. I couldn't even remember the brand. Okay? But I was doing my best. And finally, he pulled it out. And sure enough, there it was. Somebody had found it and brought it into them. And every once in a while, God takes me through these experiences where I... I I just, I lose something. And then the joy of finding it. And Jesus describes heaven, heaven's joy. And Luke 15 talks about a woman who lost her coin and looked all over for it. Then it talks about a shepherd who lost his little lamb and he's looking, he, he just leaves the 99, says, you take, I'm going to find this one lamb that's lost. And then he talks about a father who lost his son. And the son comes home. And they have a party. And that's the joy. That's the joy of heaven. That's the joy of heaven over you, Sue. That's the joy. That's why God allowed that to happen. He wanted you to know how he feels about you coming home. (laughs) Thus endeth the word for today. All right. So this is really fascinating to me. I was looking on the City of Vancouver website. I, there's actually funding. Now, we're past the deadline for most municipalities in 2013. But every year, you can access money to do block parties. Unless you live in Burnaby, there's still two more days. They extended their deadline. If you go to www.neighborhoodsmallgroupsgrants.ca and then backslash your municipality, Surrey, Burnaby, Coquitlam... There are grants available from the Vancouver Foundation. And do you know why they provide these? Here's why they provide them. The neighborhood small group, this is on their website. This is amazing. It's based on a simple but powerful idea. When people feel a sense of connection to their neighborhood, a sense of belonging, they are more likely to be engaged in activities that make it a better place. And when people are active in the life of their neighborhood, our communities are strengthened from the ground up. And it just, they basically preach our sermon right on the NSG website. So I encourage you to go there and check it out. And uh, um, if you're not a block party person, sometimes somebody else really is. Like, I'm not that kind of person. But there's a guy in our neighborhood who's just like the man of peace. 
So he likes to do stuff like this. So Kathleen and I are going to get behind him this year and just say, what are you doing? Can we, can we work with you? Can we? And the neighbor, that are, we have a bit of an advantage because Venables is one way where we live and they block it off often for a big party in the summertime. So we have the opportunity of some momentum there. But what I encourage you is if you're not that kind of person, find people that are and get behind them. Or if you are that kind of person, go for it. Lots of wonderful uh, opportunities. And then just a whole lot of small things. Just a whole lot of little things uh, in, 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 in doing the little things over the long haul in your neighborhood. Being a person of credibility is so key. So as we come to the end of this part of the sermon, action steps for this week. Be purposeful in doing one small thing that moves you forward with one of your neighbors. In other words, maybe it's, it's, it's learning another name or, 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 or not just finding out their name, but through conversation, getting to know a little bit more about them. And, and secondly, reflect on who could I partner with on my block to plan a block party this summer. So Lord, we ask that you would help us, God, to, to be intentional. And uh, again, we're, we're, we're reminded of the words by Eugene Peterson, that the translation or the paraphrase of... Of John 1.14, that the word became human and moved into the neighborhood. Lord, you're moving into our neighborhoods. And Lord, whether we're in the middle of, of transit right now, whether we're in the middle of, of transition right now, whether we're just coming or we're just going, would you put this vision on our hearts to just move in to neighborhoods and to be present, Lord, and to, to be neighbors, to love our neighbor, to love our neighbor. Father, help us to do that. Empower us by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, for the last few minutes that I have with you, we're going to move into a, a congregational meeting. And again, you're all welcome to stay. Um, for this, and again, we're going to try to have lunch by about 12:15. I think we're pretty good on schedule here. We're doing good, so far so good. Um, there are financial statements available at the back table, uh, available one per household if possible. Uh, we have about 30 printed off. Um, I'm going to get some help uh, uh, through this time as well with some of our, our leadership team that are here. Uh, this, the purpose of this meeting is just to update you on some practical things. Uh, still very much a part of worship. It's not uh, kind of like, oh, that was spiritual and now this is more menial. No, it's all worship. It's all important. Uh, we, we recognize that stewardship of our finances, of our resources... Is, is all a part of our worship. We don't, we don't separate it. So uh, I'm just wondering, Kenny, do you mind grabbing me a little glass of water? That's great. Cold or warm? Cold's good. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right. In our leadership meetings, um, we, we like to use this as a grid. Does anybody know what this symbol represents? 
Close. Trinity. Exactly. Yeah, I love the symbol of the Trinity. Um, and our community, our church, is, um, is a Trinitarian community. In other words, it's the way John said it is truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus and the Father are connected through the Holy Spirit, the bond of love that holds them together. The, the Trinity uh, is represented here maybe by the Father, here by the Son, here by the Holy Spirit, but you can't... That you, there's an interpenetration. That's a very biblical word. Uh, Jesus, when He prayed... He said, the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. And, and, and then he talks about us, that we are in him, and, we're, and he's in us. And, and we're in one another. There's this, and the, the, um, uh, the fancy uh, theological word is perichoresis. It's, it, it's literally an interpenetration of our lives uh, in, 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 in the bond of the Holy Spirit. So, it's a social trinity. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are social trinity, which should impact what we do, our values. And for those of you that are in Welcome to the Vineyard, uh, this is part of your Welcome to the Vineyard today. For those of you that want the congregational meeting, this is part of the congregational meeting, and it's also part of my sermon. So we're really connecting it all together today. Yeah. Perichoresis. All right. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What I love about this is these lines. See that? They never stop. And they're just... The Celts had an understanding of the nature of the one God. There is only one God. How does the Shema start? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. So, hearing is where it starts. And then there is one God which means we no longer need to be polytheistic. We no longer need to worship the God of the sun or the God of the harvest or the God of the sky or the God of sex or fertility. We don't have to have all... That we are free to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So there's the social trinity. Also missional trinity. The Father sent the Son into the world to redeem and to save us. The Son returned to the Father after His death and resurrection, and they sent the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit is in the earth. He has filled us and empowered us and sent us to be uh, His, his uh, representatives. So basically, these, the Trinity can also represent three aspects of our life that we try to keep this, this interpenetration in all that we do. Worship is loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not just on Sunday. It's important that we do this together in worship and in music, but also throughout our week. The whole, whole week is worship. Community is, is our relationships with one another and, and loving one another as our second reading talked about today. And finally, mission is the extension of God's heart to the world. And so uh, our mission... Uh, looking at that third point is basically evangelism, which is, means, simply means good newsing. And our, our, what are we here for? What is our, our, our purpose? It's endeavoring to offer every person an opportunity to encounter the good news of Jesus. 
But to do that in a winsome way, in a loving way, where we keep the great commandment, as uh, we avoid that pushiness that Sue talked about. We, we come in love. We come with, with no ulterior motives but to love. And if we do, people will get good news. And then secondly, discipleship is helping people to mature, develop, and thrive as fully devoted followers of Jesus, becoming like Him. And so that's our vision as a church. Paul said, we teach and preach, we work day and night to build up everyone in Christ, to make, to make us more like Jesus. Not where we're all kind of clones and out of a cookie cutter, because, but we're all unique. And see, Jesus wants to make you like you if He were you. That, 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 that's not where we all become like one, some kind of guy with sandals and long hair and patting around on the seashores of Galilee, but where he comes and disciples us to become you, if he were you, right? Filling you with his Holy Spirit, filling you with his, his life and, and goodness. And so that's not only individual, that's corporate, that we become like him, that when the world looks at us, they see Christ, and not just us, but we work with the body of Christ. There's one church in the city, and, and I'm one of the pastors. That's how we see it, right? All right. So these are actually two sides of the same coin. Now, that's important because as we go into our highlights from last year, I think lower post, our mission to uh, our relationship with the First Nations on the, first, on the Yukon border continues to be such a formative part of who we are as a church. Um, and I would say this year we saw breakthroughs that we've never seen before. Of all the, the uh, 16, 17 years we've been going. And every year there are just new breakthroughs. Um, but this year we saw a lot of young people starting to come in. Young men. We'd never seen that before. Just young native guys starting to sneak in. Some of them were pretty inebriated. But the Spirit of God came on them while they came in. And began to work in them. And we saw, we saw the Holy Spirit work. There's so much pain. I don't judge people for that. There's so much pain from residential school and the, the fallout. These, these communities have been devastated uh, by, by sin and oppression in the past. Uh, and so I just, I just think it's such a privilege, I regard it such a privilege for us as a church to have this relationship and this friendship with this community. And it continues to be really part of our DNA. Uh, we saw some water baptism. We baptized Esther and Gloria this summer and uh, Jacob, um, huh? Isabella. And what I love about that is the multi-generational aspect of it. We saw, we saw primary age, preteen, adults baptized. Um, and so that was a highlight in late August. And by the way, if you need to be baptized... We love you, so we're not going to do it right now. We're going to wait for a few months till the water gets warmer. All right. We baptize in the lake. That's right. That's right. It's not. Although Grandview Baptist tank was colder than, <laughs> colder than the poor Marcus just about lost his salvation. I mean, uh, establishing of home churches. I think that was a real significant step this year. We saw some very vibrant communities launched this year, and they're continuing to develop. There's a talk now about multiplying, seeing some more started. Kathleen and I are enjoying a wonderful welcome to the vineyard right now. Uh, 
Last week, some of you welcome to the Vineyard folks are here today. After you left, I looked at Kathleen and I just felt like in this euphoria and I said to Kathleen, this is why I moved to Vancouver 21 years ago. This is why. And it was just so wonderful hearing your story, Natalie. Incredible. Do you know, people have connected to our podcasts and they hear the teaching and the Holy Spirit is just drawing them in. It's just incredible. Uh, hearing Belinda's story, and um, uh, it, it's just, it's exciting. Uh, it's been a painful year because we saw, we've seen some painful departures, people moving on. And as I told our Welcome to the Vineyard people, we don't see it as losing them. <laughs> you, you hear the try in that, right? We don't see it as losing them. We're giving them. <laughs> right? Gladly. But sometimes with tears. Because those who sow in tears will reap with joy. And we're going to have to give Lydia away pretty soon. She's going to med school. And uh, how exciting for us, though, to be part of that dream, Lydia. And what a joy to have you part of us. Um, but that's part of the pain of, of being in a place that we are. There's a lot of giving away, a lot of releasing and blessing. But the Lord's pouring back, too. And uh, it's been exciting to see this fresh new crop in our Welcome to the Vineyard. Whoa! There's a, that's been a highlight. It's interesting, when, when Dawson um, uh, resigned in, in late August or late July... Uh, I felt to ask Joanna to be my assistant pastor in, in August, and, and I just kind of said, well, you know, they're talking about Thailand, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to be just another quick turnaround. And, I, and, 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 and as you've heard, I, I felt like the Lord say, well, you're all leaving anyway. So, you know, I mean, I thought, yeah, I, I, I'm leaving someday too, even if it's in a box, I'll be leaving too, right? <laughs> so... Anyway, by November, we, 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 we did the deal, and I'm so excited because I think it's just been an incredible addition to our church. So that's been a real highlight for me. Yeah, you can go ahead and shout. Um, and uh, this was our, our giving last year of $130,000, which is, I think, amazing for our congregation. <laughs> I mean, I, I, tell, I brag about you everywhere. You know that I brag about you. I, I say, do you know what these guys give? Do you know what kind of income base we've got? I don't know where it comes from. It's just a miracle. Right? No. Yeah, good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's a bullet. Yeah. So this, this represents all our giving. Our general giving was about 106. And so you add designated for special missions projects, chili wagon, uh, um, lower post uh, for the WA orphanage uh, for child soldiers in, uh, in uh, Myanmar, used to be Burma. Uh, altogether, it's a bit of a drop from last year because we had a lot of good givers, big givers move away. But amazingly, we still have people who are uh, part of our church who send us donations from around the world. <laughs> Don, you know about that, don't you? <laughs> and boy, am I ever glad, because sometimes it's come through pretty timely. So come on up. Monica's our treasurer, and she's just joined our stewardship. And I'll introduce them all in a bit. 
But uh, before we get to our, our very much anticipated pie chart, um, can you just uh, just share a little bit from your perspective? Monica's done such an amazing job keeping on top of our finances and record keeping and, and doing up these statements. So uh, fire away. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to uh, serve in this way. Do you want to use it? Uh, I'm sure. Of course, Gordy said a few things that I was going to say, but that's okay. No, 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 it's okay. I'll just say the same thing so it shows we're on the same page. One of the things that uh, Gordy touched on was that we've had a bit of a challenging year in some ways, and that was because we had a number of um, members move away. In towards the summertime, and it took us a few months to kind of recover from that. So, but as Gordy was saying, we have a few people that send us funds, and there was a couple of times where I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this this month, <laughs> and then I checked the mail, and there's this big check, and that's happened two or three times, and it was like, wow, it's amazing it's to see how God has provided for us. Um, the budget um, that we were working on showed that we were running quite a bit leaner than that, but that was based on the previous year's numbers. So each year we set a budget, and we've dropped down the budget numbers a little bit for this year based on 2012. And as I mentioned too, it's been great to see we've got new people coming in, and things are growing in a great way. So I really uh, wanted to convey that it's great to see people are um, giving and participating in the church from the financial perspective too. It's something that maybe not a lot of people think about, but it does take funds to be able to minister in our community. And so it is an important part of being a member of a church. So we really, really... Uh, appreciate it, and God blesses you for it. So we encourage you to keep that up if it's on your heart to do so. I don't, any, should we ask for questions? Or Sure. Yeah. Anybody have any questions about the financials? Or two or three? I don't know if many of you are comfortable with financials, but we one area that we budgeted that we actually didn't spend any money in from general funds was uh, children and youth. And that's because we have a couple people in the church that donate regularly over and above their tithe towards kids' ministry. And the money that we've spent has come out of those monies. So one of the things, too, that I think we're... We would love to do some more things for kids this year, so we've left that in the budget with uh, hopes that we'll get some new things happening for our kids. Because we have kids that are primary or not, uh, elementary school age, and one of the ideas that I've talked with some of the people about is maybe doing a kids' club, which would be really awesome to do. Gloria, you have a question? I th- the budgeted part, I think the budget amount was higher than it should have been because the rent hasn't really changed from... Yeah, they dropped our rent last year. Part, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that it made that big a difference, but the budgeted amount amount was quite a bit higher the year before. Yeah, there's, uh, these, these will be available if you, if you uh, need, need a copy online, we can send you a, a digital copy. Yep. CRA will publish this, of course, as a registered charity. This will be public information anyway. And uh, I'm going to, in a few minutes, introduce our, our leadership team as it stands right now in a few minutes. And you can just be aware of who each are. And we're going to have their information in the bulletin so you can contact them just ongoing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think one of the things that I'm trying to get my wife to do is she does a lot of stuff out of her own pocket. And uh, I don't know if you see all those supplies that come every week. And every five years, she'll make a claim. And I know she's not the only one. A lot of you also contribute out of your own and never claim back on stuff. So uh, that, that's a little bit of what's going on there, is, mm -hmm. is, is, is that some claims. Uh, I know that Christine has invested in our young people. And, and, and so, it, you know, in, in some ways, that's, that's, a, that's a gift. But uh, hey, if it's there, let's use it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much entirely, yes. Yeah. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to have a, a chili wagon meeting and probably look at some of that. There's, there's, a, there's a session I'd like to have wh where we take part of a service and feature chili wagon because they've been documenting some of the, the work they've been doing, the meals that have been, uh, uh, been given out. And, and we just want to highlight, I told the chili wagon guys, I think, I think it'd be do more justice to give them more time in, in an upcoming service. So I think some of those ideas uh, are, are great. And, and feel free to let the team know, uh, uh, Shannon or Dean. Uh, I know that uh, there's, there's, there's always open to possibility. I think one of the things that uh, Gordy's very committed to was, was the quality, he having been homeless at one time. And he really is quite, wants the standard up. And, and it is legendary chili. So, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> There's a couple questions. Rick, you're next. Uh, I was uh, looking at the uh, budget, and it looks like, in a general sense, we're doing well and we're not in debt, right? Is that right? That is right, yes. It is, yeah, breaking even a lot of the time, which is better um, than had been.
Yeah. There, there has been discussion on, on it. I don't know where it's at right now. And, and things do kind of change in, in terms of how the city works. And so I, I think that this is, that there has, I've heard that discussion in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would just maybe send the suggestions to the Chili Wagon team and, uh, uh, you know, uh, p- part of it is an issue of their time that's available and, and how much maybe someone else might be willing to come along and champion that for them. Uh, so, some of that is the issue as well. Gordy, uh, you'll see a high uh, amount of designated for Chili Wagon in the budget, and it's because uh, Gordy, uh, when his business is doing okay, will contribute a lot from his own business towards that. Uh, and then we've had others step up, uh, like Jane with Sugarbox. She, she committed, when we were going through that crunch a few months ago, she committed to doing $300 a month to kind of help us through that time. Um, but right, uh, right. some of it's just time more than money. I think that's, that's, that's the challenge. Actually, that's a good point. Uh, I think, Dave, is it true you're going to be away for a few months? Yeah. So Dave is one of our anchor Chili Wagon guys, and I think Mark as well, right? So I think volunteers, yeah, we're going to need a few more volunteers. The money, actually, since that crunch a few months ago, um, there's some, been some really significant donations come in, so we are quite well funded for Chili Wagon right now. Cool. So that's good news. Um, but the volunteers on a weekly basis probably would be even more important right now. <laughs> and Ian has a question. Um, I noticed that we were $14,000 under on wages. Is that because someone left or there was a question? Exactly. Yes. Both. Yeah. I think that, be- and, and in some ways that was why we held off a little bit on rehiring uh, because when Dawson left, uh, Vineyard Canada was willing to give us a little bit of support money because I was working on the national team. So when that arrived, we hired Joanna with that. So really, you're right. It, it, Dawson left, we, we stopped paying him, and we just never renewed that. I, I'm going to actually ask for us to begin to renew that a little bit today in a few minutes. So. Thank you. I, I feel well taken care of here. I think sometimes the issue has been with uh, support staff where we're, we're challenged on that. So, uh, but so far, I have never been without a paycheck in all the years, which to me is a miracle uh, in this church. Yeah. There, there was also uh, <clears throat> talk um, at a leadership team meeting that you know, we should maybe raise his, and Gordy has said, no, I need the assistant more, so... Yeah, in lieu of my raise, I've asked for Joanna, and part of it is because I, I got kind of a raise by an honorarium that I get monthly from Vineyard Canada. It's not a big amount, but it's, it's equivalent to a raise. And so I said, why not you know, bring on Joanna and Wade for a few more hours? So kind of stole my fire, but that's what I'm asking, is that we already have Joanna on for eight hours, and I would like to propose that we bring on 
Wade, who, who, who very much has been part of the package from the very beginning. Uh, I mean, Joanna's amazing in herself, but the, the added gravy is that we get Wade uh, back in, you know, just providing the technical side of it, and it's already blessed us. I mean, there's been, the giving has gone up because it's made it, been made more accessible, I think, through the technical side of it, our, our media. And so I would, right now, we actually do not pay Joanna one cent as a church. We do not pay her one cent. Vineyard Canada pays her eight hours a week. All right? What I'd like to propose is that we take ownership and we begin to pay them at least start with four hours. That's what the board approved on Wednesday. And I'd like, we, we would like to take a step of faith and, and pay Wade for four hours of, of his media backup work that he's doing. And uh, I believe that God will bless it. I believe it's already paying for itself. And uh, uh, we can reassess it in a few months uh, as well. Okay. Carried? All right. All right. Thank you. All right. So just, just to give you, you've got to have a pie chart, right? We're almost done. So... Here's, here's how our expenditures looked in 2012. Vineyard Canada, we, the first 5% of all of our general income we give to Vineyard Canada. That goes for the oversight of the Vineyard Churches in Canada. It goes for world missions. We're involved in Asia. We're involved in Africa. A lot of church planning going on, collaboration with Vineyard International Consortium around the world, theological training, resourcing, development. That's what that all is. Uh, I somehow, I'm, I, I had a technical glitch. Your mission should say 8% there, 8%. So 13%, we teach you guys to tithe, right? Everything you get, you give 10% back to God. 13% goes out of our church to um, outside of ourselves, all right? And if you add Chili Wagon to that, it'd be, more, it'd be even higher, all right? So, so we're committed to being outward focused as a church, uh, people, 61%. Admin, 12 12% is, is what Monica would do with bookkeeping. Uh, it would include our, our uh, office uh, supplies and expenses, our website, telecommunications. And people is our staffing, pastoral staff. So it has to do with people stuff. Chili wagon, children's ministry, uh, stuff directly related to, to people. And then in our, our budget, for uh, this is our general budget. You notice that we're going for a little bit higher because our, in, our, our income has increased over the last few months. And it's based on pretty much the same schema based on... on uh, 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 and, and that's all out. Uh, the actual numbers are listed on your, your budget statement. So our general budget goals are $120,000 for the year. That's not including designated. Comes out to about $92.50. You know when we have the offering slide that tells you what our goal is every month? If it's a four-Sunday month, it'd be about $92.50. If it's a five-Sunday month, about $11.50 would be our, our budget goal. So it's based on that, that figure. We said last year that our goal is to reach at least 12 non-Christians for Christ, see them integrated into our church family as growing disciples of Jesus, and to develop at least 24 continuing conversations with non-Christians about Jesus. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do an audit of that, so we're going to keep working on that. I know that we've seen some of that happen, 
Uh, I don't know exactly how many, but I think it's a good goal to continue on. And for this coming year, we're going to be working on neighboring. We're going to be working on disciple-making communities, which is coming out of our home groups. We're going to continue to focus on children and youth, especially the 414 window we talked about a couple weeks ago. First Nations, we're doing a trip in early August, uh, August 1st to 10th. And we continue to embrace the marginalized. Make sure Chili Wagon is doing well. Can we afford to do Chili Wagon? Can we afford not to? Can we afford not to? Right? And finally, and I'm sorry I'm rushing over this so fast because we're, we're, uh, we're hungry. Um, but uh, our leadership structure kind of looks like this in our church. Jesus is our leader. And our, our core community is, is, a, is a, a fellowship of disciples who are, are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And out of that community, we, we recognize elders, people that, that have our fathers and mothers and have spiritual authority in their life, as well as people who are, are what the scriptures called servants of the church, deacons or stewardship team, who, by the way, have the same qualifications of elders. It's just often an, an issue of circumstances in their life or gifting so that they function in, in helping serve that. And you see that modeled in a number of places in the book of Acts. And then uh, out of that comes pastoral staff and support staff like Monica. And we have a leadership community. Often this is home group leaders, people that are point persons in different areas that we consult with. And then, of course, we are uh, also in accountability to Vineyard Canada and relational authority. Um, and, I, and you could add the body of Christ to that, that we are continuing to be in, in accountability, uh, both with other denominations at a national level as well as in our neighborhood as ministerials. Our current elders are Wade and Joanna, and I've asterisked that because of staff as well. Karen uh, Richupa is on our stewardship team, serving on our board till 2014, next year. Um, Dean is on our stewardship team, serving till 2015. Now, when I have a date there, what that means is that they serve on the board in a term, a term, and we're trying to stagger them so that not everybody resigns at the same time. Um, at the end of their term, the option is to renew the term, but we're making them three-year terms. Uh, just so that we're clear on that. If a person resigns from the board, they may still be on our leadership team. They may still serve in our elders and our deacons. But they, a person who serves on the board is part of a legal body that is accountable to C, uh, CRA Canada. Alec and Crystal, is, and of course we heard them share last week, they're retiring, resigning. Uh, immediately, but they will continue to be with us as a church for another four, four months. They've, they've, uh, they're transferring to the Catholic Church, as we heard last week, and Alec is speaking at uh, Maple Ridge. So we're continuing to process with them, and Alec and Crystal will still be involved in our community. They're still going to come back, be with us, teach, preach, lead worship. So it's not, li it's not like the relationship is, is broken. Mark and Lynn were, are on our stewardship team and board. And they just began their term, so we got them the longest, 2016, for three uh, years. 
And Monica, because she's on staff, is not on our board, but she's our treasurer, and she's just joined the stewardship team. And Kathleen and me are elders, and our term is eternal. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you kick us out. All right. right. Sorry, Veronica. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Can we have those that are... uh, Where's uh, uh, Wade and Joanna? If you guys could stand... Maybe just come on up, come on up here. Uh, Mark and Lynn, if you're able to come, are they here? Are you able to come? Just who's ever able to come. Dean, if you could come. Uh, Karen, is Karen here? Hey? Okay. And Kathleen's downstairs. So I just wanted to pray over the newbies. We prayed and commissioned Alec or uh, Wade and Joe a few months ago, uh, but I just wanted to have us pray over and bless uh, the new arrivals, uh, Mark and Lynn, and Monica. Lynn's back there, and uh, just ask that you, that even though we're commissioning them today, that you pray for them, that you commit as a congregation to praying for them. And uh, interceding for us. And again, all our contact info is in the bulletin, in the website. If you need to contact us about anything, we just want encourage questions. We encourage. Uh, it's hard to jam all of that into the short time we have here. So we encourage just ongoing communication. Uh, accountability is a high value for us in this. So why don't we stand together? And um, Maybe I could have Mark and Monica, if you could come and just face us here, and the rest of us are going to gather around you and pray over you. And yeah, just some some people that know and love Lynn uh, could just bless her. Uh, Maybe that'd be great. Let's just finish our time by praying over him. If some of you want to come and lay hands on them, you're welcome to come as well and bless them. And. uh, just commit them to God's grace. As you, uh, somebody used to tell me, Gordy, the reason why I don't want to be a leader is because when you are a leader, you put a t-shirt on with, with a target. And I don't necessarily literally believe that, but sometimes it feels that way. And so I think it's really important to cover these guys uh, with prayer uh, we know that the enemy still does the age-old tactic of strike the shepherd and the sheep are scattered. We know, you know, we're not ignorant of his devices, that there is a level of attack that, that can come and a level of responsibility. Sorry, sweetheart. And so let's pray uh, for God's covering for them and for his commissioning. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come right now. We thank you that this is your church. It's not mine. Lord, it's, 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 it's ours entrusted to us by you. But finally in the outcome, the final outcome, Lord, it's your church. It's a church that you died for, a church you gave yourself for. And Lord, we need good leadership for the church to be healthy. We need strong leaders. We need people that are articulate, that are discerning, that are wise that are understanding, that are exercising due diligence, Lord, in the financial areas, in the practical areas, in the spiritual areas. And so, Lord, I pray for these new stewardship team members, for Lynn, for Mark, for Monica. Lord, we lay our hands on them, Lord, as you commanded us to do. 
And Lord, we ask that you would bless them. We ask that everything that they're stepping into, that you would empower them, Lord, to do what you've called them to do. We ask for your protection. We ask for your, for your Holy Spirit empowering, for the spirit of wisdom, for counsel, for creativity, for dreams in the night, Lord. Uh, for sleep, first of all, for Lynn. But, but then once she gets her sleep, that, that, that you will speak, Lord. We ask for create, creative ideas, Lord, for, for our finances and for, for our stewardship, for our facilities. And Lord, as you lead us in the days ahead, you said that you're a, a shepherd that will lead us into green pastures and beside still waters. And so I pray for that. I thank you for them, Lord. We thank you for them, Lord. We're so grateful, God, for these gifts that you've placed among us. So we commend them to your grace, Lord. We commend them to your grace. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. We are a prophetic community. I want to remind everybody of that. What that simply means is that we, we are a people who are not just simply governed by policies and procedures. We recognize the importance of those, but we are people who are led primarily by the Spirit of God who will never lead us to do something contrary to His Word. So we recognize the authority of Scripture over our community. We recognize the authority of the Holy Spirit. And we recognize that God exercises His authority through Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, through the body of Christ, through leadership. Lord, would You lead us? Would You shepherd us, Lord? In Jesus' name. We'll just wait for a sec. We're almost done. But if anybody just has a, a word or anything that you want to just share with these folks. Uh, I don't know if this is on. Is that on? This is because our servant leaders are up here praying and now they're going to work. Thank you, Dean. You're so amazing. Um, I would just say to the three of you... Um, that uh, something that really touched us when we were commissioned and is so true for all three of you, this is not something that's being prayed over you right now that's happening to you right now. This is just a recognition of the way the three of you already function in that's our right. church. Yeah. This is just a recognition of your leadership gifts that are evident on you, um, your generosity. The three of you are unbelievably generous in how you give of yourselves, your time, your homes, yeah. um, the way that you're generous with other people's lives, all three of you just, and so I think that as stewardship team members, the fact that one of the hallmarks of all three of your lives is extraordinary, sacrificial, immediate generosity serves our church well. And we're blessed because of who you are already who you are in Christ the way that you live your lives the way that you function we're already blessed by that and this is simply just acknowledging that today yeah. so thank you for yeah. who you are and your gifts and yeah. it's no accident that the three of you were here all of you here at 9 30 this morning you know bringing stuff and working on things and hmm. so thank you for what you already do and I, I just bless that I bless you all, yeah. in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to continue doing what you're doing now 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I pray your blessing on Amy. Yes, Lord. And on Sirsha for continued good health and blessing. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's hard work to be in ministry, period. It's hard work to serve your church, period. And, um, and small people in your family make it more interesting. And, um, and so yeah. we just bless you and, and good health continued. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He says yes. Amen. Yeah. Amy's happy. Yes. Yeah. Miracle baby. Awesome. awesome. So thank you. And um, uh, should we say thanks for the food? Or yeah, just a couple of quick announcements okay. for lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So should we appreciate our new team? Yay, stewardship. <laughs> awesome. Apparently, today is Jocelyn's first birthday. Is that right? Is she here? Baby Joss? Okay. We'll sing happy birthday to her downstairs, okay? Is she here? First birthday. Right on. As we like to call her Baby Jocelyn to differentiate her from Toddler Jocelyn. Um, So just a couple quick announcements about lunch before we pray for the food. Um, We tried to be sensitive to the allergies in our community that I'm aware of. Um, So there are two options, thanks to Terry Ann who doesn't just play the banjo, apparently makes a mean soup, and Jessica, who's downstairs, who also made another soup. So there is a vegetarian option that has dairy, and then there is an option with meat, but it is gluten-free and dairy-free, and nothing has margarine in it, and there's no nuts in anything. And other than that, I think you're on your own. So um, <laughs> uh, also... There's no sign-up sheets today. There's no crew. We're the crew. We're all having lunch together, so we're in our house. So if you think, if something occurs to you, like, oh, I wonder if we should do blah, 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 the answer is yes. Like, this is the sign-up sheet, so please make yourselves at home and um, just pitch in. There's going to be soup and bread, and after the soup and bread is done, when it's done, one of us will clear that away, and then there's some cake and pie, and we'll slice it, and we'll hang out. A um, couple of notes. If you're a part of Welcome to the Vineyard, this is your meal today. So as soon as the meal's done, you'll all go to Gordy and Kathleen's. If you are part of the Sunday Practicing Sabbath group, this is Sabbath. We're practicing here right now. We will, uh, so that's uh, mine and Wade's, Mark and Lynn, you know who you are. We're going to have our small group here during dessert. So let's find each other as a table and have dessert. We're going to leave the toys set up downstairs for kids so we'll need help to tear down after and I think that's it. Mainly we're meant to just enjoy each other's company and again just provide an opportunity if there's a question that comes to you in general that there's just a time and space to do that but otherwise it's just a time to enjoy each other and be together. Okay? Okay, I will give thanks. Wow! We have so much to be thankful for. Thank you, God, that you've made us so rich. Thank you, God, that you've made us such a rich community, rich in gifts and um, sharing in each other's lives. We give you all the glory for everything, God. You are so good. Thank you for your generosity to us. Thank you for this meal together today. We pray that it would bless you, and we pray that you would have a good time with us today, that we'd honor you with our lives, and that we would enjoy each other and your presence together and the beauty and the joy of good food and shared, shared company together. And we ask your blessing on the rest of the day and all that's taken place here. 
Um, and we ask that you would bless our week as we go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, no, we've already prayed, so it's okay. Great. Okay. Great. So please just uh, let people with young kids or disabilities line up and get their food first. Prefer each other, serve each other, have a good time. Thank you. Can somebody maybe lunch and sit with Veronica, that would be awesome. Veronica, one day we're going to get you downstairs.